So the first mission of the Masechta discussed watering a base hashlochen. A base hashlochen is a field which, apart from the rainwater which it receives, it requires watering by man as well. So it requires a lot of water, and if one does not water it the entire yomtev, then the ground can dry up, there will be a damage caused. And therefore, it's considered to be a dover ha'oved, something which would cause a great loss, and therefore, it's permitted to water it on cholamoyed. The focus of the first half of this Mishnah is going to be a field which can survive on rainwater. At least that's how most interpret it. And nevertheless, even though it could survive just with rainwater, if watering part of the field requires very little effort, then even that is permitted. One can drag or divert water from one tree to another tree. So for example, if there's a pool of water which has gathered around one particular tree, it's permitted to make a small groove in the ground to cause the water to sort of flow towards another tree as well, because that requires a very small amount of effort. So it's true this is not a necessary thing that you have to do and you would lose a lot if you don't do so, but nevertheless, since it requires such a small amount of effort, it is permitted. As long as he does not go and water the entire field by doing this, and start diverting the water across the entire field, because that then would become a tirchomaruba, a great amount of effort, and therefore it would be forbidden on Cholamoyed. Second law of the Mishnah, Seeds which had not been watered before the Yomtev, and we're talking about seeds which could have been, the, the season for watering the seeds had arrived, and perhaps he might have even started watering the seeds, but then he stopped. The point is, he has already shown that these seeds do not require constant watering, and they've already survived for a few days without watering, and therefore he can likewise not water them on since apparently these seeds can survive without being watered constantly. Now in both of the laws of this mission, the Chachom permit both in this case and in this case. The opinion of the Chachom is actually very lenient, and according to them, not only is a Dabar HaOved permitted, but even something which is to gain a lot of profit, that if you wouldn't do it, you would lose out on gaining more profit, even that is permitted. However, the Halacha does not follow their opinion, and most of the Masechta will assume the opinion of Rebbe Lezben Yaakov, that only if it is, it is to prevent a loss, a damage, only if it is a Dover HaOved, is the activity permitted on Cholamoyed. Mishadal, although we have seen that work can be performed on Cholamoyed if it is for the sake of a Dover HaOved, there are certain situations in which the work needs to be performed in an unusual way. And this is the case if the loss is a small loss. If by not doing the work, he would lose out, but not so much. So it's still considered to be Dover HaOved, and therefore work can be performed. However, the work needs to be done in an unusual way. This again will be a real reminder for him of the spirit of Yom Tov, of Cholamoyed, that it's not just a regular day. But as May says, the Mishnah one can set traps for moles. If there are moles in a field, then they can cause great damage to the field. Or the same applies to mice. From both a field of trees and a field of grain, one of the reasons why a field of grain and crops is called a stehalovon, which literally means a white field, is because the nature of crops is that there is no shade which is provided by the crops. If you've got a big tree growing there, there's going to be shade underneath the tree. 
But if you've got wheat or barley or other grains growing in the field, then there's no shade in the field. So it's much brighter and lighter, and therefore it is called a stehalovon, a white field. But yeah, as it may, from both of these fields, one can set up traps in there, and there are two opposite versions of the next part of the Mishnah. According to some versions of the Mishnah, the Mishnah says kedarikoi, in its usual manner. According to other versions, it says shalokedarikoi, it has to be done in an unusual manner. So according to the version that it can be done in the regular way, so that would be because the damage which is caused by these mice and moles is a large enough damage to be considered a full Dovar HaOved, such that work can be performed in the regular way, even on Cholamoyed, by Moed during Cholamoyed of Ashavias and during Shemitah, even though these traps often involve digging holes, and so I might have thought they would be forbidden during Shemitah since it looks like he's ploughing the ground, or softening it in order to prepare it for planting. Nevertheless, says the Mishnah, it is clear enough that he's doing it for the sake of the traps, and therefore it is permitted during Shemitah as well. However, on Cholomoyed it's not so simple. If we're setting up the traps in a field of trees, then it can be done in the regular way, because the amount of damage which they cause to a tree field is a very large amount of damage. However, if you're setting up traps in a wheat or in a grain field, a field of crops without trees, generally the moles and the mice cause a smaller amount of damage in these sorts of fields. And therefore, although it is permitted to set up the traps, it needs to be done in an unusual manner. This is also known as a shinui, which is a when you make a difference in the way that you perform a particular activity. Right, continues the Mishnah, It is permitted to fill in a gap or a hole in a wall on Cholomoyed. If let's say you have a wall surrounding the field, you've got a wall or a fence, and a hole was made there. So it's permitted to fill up that gap with stones or something temporary. He is not allowed to start building a proper fence or wall and fix it in place permanently, but he is allowed to fill it up with stones or something like that in order to make sure that the gap is filled in for the duration of Cholamoyed in order to prevent things coming in and causing damage to the field. And during Shemitah, if there is a hole in the fence, so during Shemitah there's no restrictions on the amount of hard work that you do. It's only forbidden to do things for the sake of the planting and the food itself. And therefore, it is permitted to build the fence and fix that hole in the regular way. And the point of the mission is that we are not concerned that people might assume that he is blocking off his field and not allowing anybody to come in, which is forbidden during Shemitah. During Shemitah, one must allow anybody to come into his field and take his crops. Says the Mishnah, we are not concerned that it looks like he's stopping people coming in because there's still a, another entrance for them to come in through, and here he's just fixing the part of the actual wall. Mishnah here, there is a mitzvah to rejoice on a Yom Tov, and that includes Cholomod as well. And because of that, it is also forbidden, as well as the as performing work on Cholomod, it is also forbidden to perform activities which will lead to being sad. Now the first half of the Mishnah discusses tsara'as, which are spots which can appear on the person's body, which would make him tomei. He would need to go to a kohen, and the kohen would check to see whether it really is tsara'as or not. And if indeed it is tsara'as, or if it's got signs that mean that it could be tsara'as, so the person needs to leave the city for seven days and he is tomei, and the way that he becomes a mitsura, somebody who is considered to have tsara'as, is by the kohen pronouncing him tomei. Until the Kohen actually says the word Tomei, that he is Tomei, so he, is, so he isn't. 
even if the Kohen knows that it's Tsaras. Now certainly if somebody is pronounced to be a Metzairah, somebody with Tsaras on Cholamoyed, and so he's forced to leave the city for seven days, and he'll be Tomei, so certainly that would reduce his Simcha, and it would cause him a great degree of sadness, and therefore the Kohen should not pronounce anybody Tomei with Tsaras on Cholamoyed. The question of the Mishnah is, what if somebody has some spots on him, and he thinks that it might be Tsaras, so in general, there's an obligation for him to go to a Kohen. So what should he do? Rabbi Meir says, Rain san goim, the Kohen can and should see the Tzara'as, but for the first time, lehokel, to be lenient, but not to be strict. Meaning, somebody with the Tzara'as should go to a Kohen, and the Kohen should check, and if the Kohen finds and he checks it and he sees that it is not really Tzara'as, then great, he can tell the person that he doesn't need to worry, and that will indeed be a great cause of happiness for the man. That's certainly permitted. However, if the Kohen sees that it is indeed Tsaras, then he should not say that he is Tomei, rather he should keep quiet, and then after Yom Tov, the person should come back to him and he'll pronounce him Tomei. The Chachom, remember the Chachom say, that's not an option. The Torah says that when one comes to a Kohen, Letaharoi or Letamoi, you'll either make him pure or make him Tomei. There's no way in between. Once he comes to the Kohen, the Kohen has to make a decision and tell him whether it is or is not Tsaras. He can't keep quiet. And therefore, neither to be lenient nor to be strict, the person should not come to the Kohen at all, because if he does come to the Kohen, and indeed it is Tsaras, and the Kohen will need to pronounce him Tomei, and that will be a cause of sadness on Cholamoyed. Continues the mission of the Odom Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Meir furthermore said regarding the topic of causing sadness on Cholamoyed, Malakit Odom Atzmes One is permitted to gather the bones of his father and mother, the custom in those days was that people would be buried for a short amount of time in a temporary burial place until the body had decomposed and the flesh had decayed, and then the bones which were remaining would be gathered together and buried in a permanent burial place. So it's permitted to gather the bones and then bury them in their final permanent grave, because ultimately it is considered to be a happiness for the person. Although it will cause him to remember his parents and be sad over that, nevertheless the fact that his parents are now being put in their final permanent burial place, that is considered to be a cause of joy for him, and so ultimately it's considered to be more of a joyous occasion than a sad occasion. Another interpretation of the Mishnah is that it doesn't mean that the burying is a cause of joy, but it means that he has joy anyway from the Yom Tov. The fact that it's Cholomoyed and Yom Tov brings him more joy such that he won't be so sad when burying his parents on Cholomoyed. That having been said, Rabbi Yaisi and Rabbi Yaisi says, Evel Huloi, at the end of the day, it's considered to be a mourning for him. It's an obligation to mourn on the day that one buries his parents in the final burial place. And so at the end of the day, he will be sad on Cholomoyed, and that's forbidden. And so he should rather bury them after Yom Tov. Ends of the Mishnah, one should not sort of encourage and inspire others to cry over his dead relative. He should not eulogize him. He shouldn't talk and give speeches about this person who had died. Within 30 days before the Yom Tov begins, since in general the effect of the eulogy 
and crying over the dead person. Those feelings are felt for another 30 days, and that would include Yom Tov, and therefore this should not be done within 30 days of a Yom Tov. Mr. Vov, since we've been talking about burying and speaking of dead people, this Misha discusses forms of work which are involved in burying and taking care of a dead body. Now, we have mentioned early on in the Perek that one of the reasons to permit work on Cholomoyed is if it is L'Tzorich Rabim, if it's for the sake of the public. And we mentioned over there that Tzorich Rabim are only permitted either if it is for the sake of the Yom Tov itself, or if it is a Maisehedyat, something which is done in an unprofessional way, that doesn't require particular skill. And we're going to add now that it also must be something which does not require a lot of effort. If it is a Tzorich if it requires a lot of effort, then even if it is Tzorchei Rabim, for the sake of the public, it is still forbidden on Cholamoyed. So the Mishnah begins, in Chofrin Kuchin, it is forbidden to dig graves in the wall of a cave. The custom in those days was that many people would be buried, not necessarily in an, its own grave in the ground, but there would be a very large cave underground, and in the walls of the caves they would bury people. So one cannot dig into the walls of the cave on Cholamoyed, or Kavorais, or regular graves, but one can repair and maybe expand slightly those graves which have already been dug into the wall of the cave. Now it's important to realize that we are talking about graves which are being dug for future use. It's not that we have someone dead now who needs a grave. If that is the case, then certainly it's permitted to dig a grave. We are talking about preparing graves for the future, and that's why it's considered to be Tzorche or Rabim, a public need. And the Mishnah is telling us that since it requires a lot of effort, and it is not urgent, it is forbidden to do so on Cholamoyed. We're going to learn in the third parak that it is forbidden to wash clothes on Cholamoyed. However, the Mishnah will bring a list of exceptions, where in certain cases it is permitted to wash clothes on Cholamoyed. And for the sake of those exceptions, the Mishnah says, It is permitted to dig a hole in the ground in order to use that as a pool of water for washing clothes. Since it is for the sake of Yom Tov itself, so that he can wash his clothes for Yom Tov, and digging such a hole does not require a lot of effort, it is not a Tircha Merubah, therefore it is permitted. Alright, now the Mishnah moves on to a case where there actually is a dead person, who is waiting to be buried, and the Mishnah says that the one is allowed to construct a coffin, even if it involves cutting the wood and putting it together, as long as imhamis bechotzer, as long as the dead body is lying in the courtyard where he is working. So people who see him working and constructing this coffin will realize that it is for the sake of this dead person. Otherwise, it would just appear that he's doing regular work, which is forbidden. Now, Rabbi Yehuda, Isa, Rabbi Yehuda forbids this for a different reason, and that is that there is lots of effort involved. And since it is very possible to get a coffin for the dead person without constructing it yourself, so this is considered to be unnecessary work, and therefore it's forbidden. Elohim King Yishman is sorry, unless he already has the wooden boards with him, and all he needs to do is just put them together. In that case, it would be permitted because it does not involve a large amount of effort.